Luke chapter 14, we want to look at the words of the Lord Jesus this morning in Luke chapter 14, we will pick up by the grace of God tonight where we left off in the book of Colossians as we preach verse by verse through that book of the word of God. But this morning, I believe the Lord have us look at Luke chapter 14, some words of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are three stories that Jesus tells. It's amazing how the Lord told stories not only to teach us things but to get our attention so we can make application instead of just giving us facts about God. He tells stories about life and we ought to be able to relate to them and that's true about Luke chapter 14. I want to start reading in verse 7. But I want you to notice as we go down through verse 24 this morning, there are three different stories that he tells, but I believe they're all connected. And they teach the same great lessons together. The first story he gives in verse 7 to 11, the Bible said in verse 7, he put forth a parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding. So he talks about attendance at a wedding. People going to a wedding and where they sit as they attend. In verse number 12, he picks up with another story. The Bible says in verse 12 in Luke 14, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest... They also bid thee again, and recompense be made thee. 13, but when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. So he talks about attendance at a wedding. Now he's talking about attendance at a feast that you give, or a dinner, or a supper that you you put on and you invite guests to it. Then if you drop down to verse number 16, he tells a, a third story. Then said he unto them, unto him, a certain man made a great supper. And bade many, and he sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. So he gives this third story, and attendance at a great supper of a great man. So attendance at a wedding, attendance at a feast that you'd have at your house, and then the attendance at a great supper. And we want to look and see what all this has to do with Verse number 10, which is where I want to take my text, the phrase I could not get out of my mind of the words of the Lord Jesus when he said this in verse 10. But when thou art bidden, and so you've got three stories with people bidden to all three different events. Verse number 10, and when, but when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. That when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. I want to think about the little phrase of Jesus in the context of these three stories about go up higher. He says go up higher. There is a higher place. You know, as he talks about this the bible says in verse number seven he put before the parable to those which were bidden when he marked he marked 
how they chose out the chief rooms. You know, in, in Jesus' day, it, and, and same way today, I mean, we have football games and there are seats that are better seats. There are, there are rooms, there are places that are reserved up in the high corners of the stadium. That's true about weddings. You know, they put family in certain seats. They, they let at a banquet for the, for the married couple, the bride and the groom sit at the head of the table or, or what have you. Political vents are that way. They give deference and preferential treatment to those of power and of stature and wealth. If it's an inauguration, if it's some other event, if it's a, a uh, gathering of the legislature, people have certain seats that are for the people that are more prominent, that are more important, if you please. We would call that VIP seating. They have that at concert halls. They have that in many walks of life. They had that in Jesus' day. He mentioned that in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 6. Jesus talked about the highest seats and the chief seats not only uh, at a banquet or at a wedding, but even in the synagogue they had. They had places that only the chief people could sit, the important people at the synagogue. They got the, the best seats. Now, in a Baptist church, it's sort of reversed. It seemed like the best seats are in the back. I don't know how that... That's usually not what, what is meant. You want to be up front. The chief seats would be... You get the front row, you know. I see how valuable these are this morning right here. <laughs> Nobody wants to fight over these except Miss Dini, Miss Brother Gary, and maybe Brother. Yeah, maybe it'd be brother, brother. Brother Larry, you might fight. I was going to say Lori, but I think Larry would be the only one that would fight over that. Too. But he said, you know, everybody wants the best seat. They want the highest seat. He said, there are better seats than others. And and he acknowledged that. He he said, okay, so what you need to do, you need to go sit on the lowest seat. So, So maybe, just maybe, the man that is holding the event will come to you and say, go up higher. There's a higher place for you to sit. We don't want you to sit in the lowest place to... We, we want that there can be a higher place for you. Let me ask you a question. We, we have a, a hymn in our hymn book that's called Higher Ground. And it, and it says this, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. I, I wonder, do you want to go up higher? Do you want a higher place in your fellowship with God? Do you want a, a higher place of spirituality? Or are you content with the lowest relationship you can have with God? Are you content with, with, with you know, you know just, just being in the building? Or do you want something more for your Christian life? you want something more for your home? Do you want something more... For your family? Or are you just content with the low place? When I look at our society, I see a lot of low living. Low living. I remember as a boy, evangelist came through and preached at our church and he preached a meeting and started a revival church. He preached about the high cost of low living. 
There's a high cost for low living. And I wonder, don't you think there's something more to your life than where you're at right now? Don't you want something higher in your life? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about success. I'm not talking about, is there not a higher ideal? Is there not a higher plane than I have found? The Lord Jesus acknowledges there is a higher place. This is a grand desire. And the truth is, this guy, well, let's read it again, verse 7. And he put forth the parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms. See, they're choosing what room they want to sit in or want to be in. Verse 8, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room. Lest a more honorable man than thou bid Thou be bidden of him, and he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. That when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. In, in other words, what he's saying, don't seek for yourself that higher place. You, you, need, you need to have some qualifications so that the man that put on the event will want you to go higher. It's not your desire to be higher. It's the man that put on the event wanting you to be higher. And when you try to get it for yourself, you may just find shame. In other words, when you try to look for that higher plane on your own, you may be disappointed. When you try to find the the place of prominence yourself, you you may have, have mud on your face. Because when you're trying to seek it out for yourself, instead of giving it, it being given to you. He says you're not going to find that higher place. You may find a lower place. And that is the parable of go up higher but but what i want to look at there's a higher place look at the higher invitation here i notice in all these stories people are invited to all of these events verse number eight when thou art bidden of any man you see that verse number nine and he that bade thee in other words, he's, he's not there because he forced his way in. He's not there because he's supposed to be there. He is there because he has been invited there. Right? It's not his event. He's a guest. Verse 10. But when thou art bidden. So here's, here's the great invitation about being bidden. Now drop down to the next story in verse number he talks about in verse number 12 about when you have a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends or the, thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen or thy neighbors. He said, but verse 13, when thou makest a feast, call, that, that's an invitation, the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. He gives it the same way in the third story, this great man's supper. Verse number 16 then said he unto him, a great man made a great, or a certain man made a great supper and bade many. In other words, he invited many people, a high invitation to come. Really, this man that comes, that, that takes the highest room, he should have such a grateful heart that he was even invited. That he would be willing to sit anywhere. Because he's privileged to be at the wedding. You would think the ones that were invited to a feast. 
Man, we get to eat good. How on the hog? Praise the Lord. We didn't buy the food. We didn't, get, we didn't cook the food. We just get to go and eat the food. You think everybody would line up and say, oh, what a, what a high invitation. What, what a wonderful privilege. But, but, you know, that's not what happened in that story. The Bible said at that supper, they all began to make excuse. In other words, they didn't count the invitation to be so special. Kind of like the first guy. I don't think he thinks himself to be so blessed and privileged to go to this wedding. No, no. He thinks he deserves the high seat. He thinks he deserves to be there, you see. The invitation is not so special to him. The high seat is what's special to him. And the second story this great supper that or or excuse me this this feast that's put on this dinner that's put on or that's the he says you go ahead and call don't call your friends verse number 12 now you think if you had a feast who do you call many of you had thanksgiving feast this week who'd you call Who, who did you invite some of you didn't even invite me i invited some people no, you are very, you are very particular who you're invited, right? I'm not shaming this morning. I'm, I'm just I want to make a point. Jesus said, when you have a feast, look, look at verse 12. When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors. Lest they also bid thee again and recompense me. He said, don't call people that are just going to pay you back and be good to you because you're good to them. Don't invite those people. Boy, the words of Jesus still ring strange in our ears, do they not? He said, all you people are doing are inviting your rich neighbors. And the invitation is not so special. All you people doing is inviting your family. All you all doing is just inviting your friends. That's not a special invitation. That's where they belong. He said in verse 13, But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. You know that, you know, for those people, that would be a wonderful invitation. I bet the poor never got invited to the nice feast. I bet the maimed, I bet he never had a place at the table. Don't you think he would be privileged? The blind, the lame, they're not usually invited. But oh, I bet if they were invited, they would think it was such a privilege to be able to go. You know what the truth is? Many times the friends and the family and the rich neighbors, when they come over, they don't even appreciate the dinner because they expected it. But the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind, you're inviting me to your house. When's the last time we invited strangers or No, we wouldn't we don't want to extend that invitation. Because you know what? You, you, you don't get anything out of that. You get nothing out of that. Somebody else gets something out of that. 
He gives the last story, the great supper that the certain man gave. And he bade many, the Bible says. Just, just ask a lot of people to come. I mean, he's a great man. I had a great supper. Verse 17 says, He sent, sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come for all things are now ready. I mean, it's ready. Have you, some of you ladies can, can, can feel my pain here when I say this. Have you ever got it ready and they're not ready to come? What happens with the dinner, ladies? It gets cold. You want to drive a dear woman crazy? Just let her slave all day in that kitchen and get that, that meal nice and hot and ready. And then just take your lazy old time to get to the table and let it get cold. And you're going you're gonna to drive her crazy. And you'll drive me crazy. You, you know why I bring the meat in late usually to our meetings? <laughs> Because I want it to be hot. Because I want, he says, it's ready. Everything's ready. But watch this, verse number 18. And they with all, they all with one consent began to make excuse. They, did, they didn't count the invitation to be very special. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come to your great supper. Why not? I got to go look at the dirt. Let me tell you something, friend. It's going to look just like it did the last time you looked at the dirt. The piece of property is the same. Didn't even say he's even looking at at something he's built. He just bought a piece of ground. I got to go look at the ground. Well, that's rather offensive. In other words, my ground, my barren dirt is more important to me than your great supper. I don't appreciate your invitation. Just excuse me, I don't want to come. Verse 19, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. Well, they'll be there after the supper. So he says, I got work to do. One guy says, I got business to take care of. Another guy says, I got work to do. I can't come. I bet he'll eat sometime during that day. Verse 20. Classic. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. You can read a whole lot into that verse. I can't, I can't come. I got married. Well, do you not eat anymore? We won't elaborate on that. Verse 21, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly in the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor. You see how these stories are connected? Bring in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Like the man loses his seat, and he's in shame because he wanted to take the seat. And just just as these others, uh, the friends and the brethren and the rich neighbors, they're not really interested, but those that, that are blind and they're maimed, 
maimed and are poor and, and are, are lame. They are interested and they're privileged to be there. He says, these people that are making excuse and they don't want to be, then I'm going to shut them out and I'm going to invite everybody to come in. And that's where our song came in this morning. Whosoever will may come. It's not just for the Jew. It's not just for the prominent. It's not for the righteous. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm telling you, it's a high invitation. But every day, every day, people make excuse and they don't come to Jesus. They don't come to his table. They don't come to the Lord. Maybe they say, my family, I I can't come because of my family. Maybe they say, I'm too busy. I've got business to take care of. Or or, I'm just too much involved in my work. I don't have time for God. I don't have time for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have time to take care of the sins that does so easily beset me. I don't have time for my soul. I don't have time for the Bible. The invitation is not counted to be high, but oh, it's high. If you would see yourself as the lowest man, if you'd see yourself as the lowest lady, if you'd see yourself as the blind man and the lame and the maimed and the poor, you'd see how wonderful the invitation is and how high it is that God would even invite us to his table. That God would even invite us. It's a high invitation. But some didn't count the invitation so high. You know that to go up higher, to get that higher place is dependent upon our spirit. To see these things as we ought. The Bible said in verse number 11. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The reason that we don't have a higher place with God. A higher spiritual life. A higher ideal in our lives. Is because we have sought to exalt ourselves. We've exalted our business and our schedule and our time and our family above the invitations of God. And we think what we have going on is more important than what God has got going on. Let me ask you a question. Why are not the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ just packed full of people everywhere? Why aren't people running to God and wanting to be in His house? I'll tell you why. Because they have too high an opinion of their and too low of an opinion of God's invitation. You'd think sinners would just run to Jesus for the free invitation he gives. Whosoever will may come. But the people that don't respond to that are the people that have the high, the high thought of themselves. They don't count themselves as a sinner. They don't count themselves poor and in needy of God. Getting higher even in your personal life if you're saved by the grace of God. Getting higher in your own spiritual plane. Walking with God in a higher plane depends upon your spirit. The Bible says, you know, you exalt yourself, you're going to be a base. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. You want a higher place in your life? You want a higher ideal? Well, then find a place of humility. As he said to this guy in the first story, He says, uh, take the lowest room. Do you see that in verse number 10? When thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. If you'll sit down in the lowest room, the man that put on the wedding 
will invite you to a higher place. The way up is down. Find the lowest room. Find the lowest. It's amazing. All these people are choosing out their room. Nobody's wanting to choose the lowest room. You know, we're so proud. We, we want things like we want them. We want the rooms we want, the places we want. We want to go where we want. And we don't have the humility to go where God wants us to be and where we really deserve to be. This guy needs to have patience as well. If he would go to the lowest room, you know what happens, though? He doesn't have patience. If he To go to the lowest room, you've got to sit there and wait. You got to wait for the guy that invited you to come back and say, "Hey, would you like a better seat?" You know our problem is we don't want to wait for the higher place. We don't want to wait for the better life. We don't wait. We don't want to wait for the more godly life. You know that song in that hymn that says, "Take." Time to be holy. It takes patience. It takes time. It takes a life of humility. It takes some waiting on God to come to you and, and bring you to a different place than where you And no, no, we're sitting in the lowest place and we're, 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 we're grumping about it and we don't want to stay here anymore. I'm just going to leave the, I'm going to leave the wedding. Maybe he was on, on his way to your seat to ask you if you'd like a higher seat. It takes a certain kind of spirit in our lives to have a higher place. That's true about salvation. If you want to be saved, you won't come to God proud. You'll have to come to him lowly. Nobody ever was saved that didn't come to God in a low place. We come just as we are. We come as sinners, you see. That's why it's, 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 it's just crazy for people to think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to be saved. The qualifications are you've got to be bad enough to be saved. Did that just go over somebody's head? Those that think that they're good enough aren't candidates. For all of sin, there's none righteous. I have to see myself as bankrupt and in need of a Savior to come to a Savior. He said, go find the lowest room. And then watch that man come over and invite you to a higher place. True honor never takes the chief seat. Think about all the unnamed people of the Bible that really had chief seats, but they were sitting in the low place. There's a higher invitation. I see something else in this text, though. It really grabbed my attention. Verse 8 again. When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding... Sit not down the highest room. Now watch this phrase. Lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place. In other words, he said, this man is a higher man than you. I don't only see a higher place and a higher invitation. I see a higher man in this story. There's somebody more honorable than you. There's somebody that deserves a better seat than you. That, that's the story. And the higher man, you know, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ is made higher than the heavens. He, he's the honorable one. Oh, we, we are not. He's the honorable one. He's the high one. 
the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity. We have a higher God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if we could just see the higher man, if we could see the highest man, if we could see our place and how great and how glorious the Lord is. But this guy walking into this wedding thinks he is the brightest star in the building and he can't see the honorable man. He can't see the man that's truly in the higher place. The Bible talks about Ecclesiastes 5, 8. He that is higher than the highest regardeth. And I, now I want to go to the next verse. This is where I really started this journey as I went through this text. Because at the first reading, you could almost accuse Jesus of, of blasphemy. Or you could say that the Bible is an error, which it is not. Verse 10, let's read verse 10 again. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have, what, what? Worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. Now, some have said that what Jesus is saying is, if you'll take the lowest room, the man will come over and invite you to a higher room, and then you will receive worship, or they change the word because they said, you're not supposed to worship people. Jesus, why would Jesus say that somebody ought to have worship in the sight of other people? You see the problem? Can you see the issue? Am I thinking with me? Thou shalt have worship. In the presence of them that sit at meat with thee? Well, let's change the word. Let's not. Let's change our hearts. Notice it says, thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. You know, there's a higher worship. Jesus came to a woman at a well, and she started talking to Jesus about worship. And Jesus said to her, ye worship, ye know not what. You have a worship, but there's a higher worship than your worship. Because you don't even know what you're worshiping. You know, there's a lot of religious people. That doesn't mean it's right worship. There's a lot of worship service. I don't even really like that phrase. I like worship. I think people ought to worship God. But I think sometimes people put a name on something that they're not even doing. Just because we meet does not mean we're worshiping God. Just because somebody gets up and sings doesn't mean they're worshiping God. Our worship team, maybe not. There's a higher worship. Jesus said the worship that's higher has to be in spirit and it has to be in truth. Jesus talked about worship not a lot, but he did, he, he did give us information. Now there's a higher worship. You know what I, what I believe he's saying? I believe Jesus is teaching us something about worship. In other words, we're not just, guys, guys, we're not just to come down and sit in the seat. We're to worship. You understand? We're not just to come to the service. We're to worship. We're not just to fill a place. We're to worship God. But, but here's, here's the key. We are not going to have worship. There will not be worship in the presence of us that have gathered together at the table unless we take 
the low place. There is no worship of God without the low place. He's not talking about this guy getting worship. He's not worth. The angels are not even worthy of worship. He's talking about having worship. Don't we want to have worship in our presence? Don't we want to have worship when we meet together? If we're going to have worship, we've got to have the low place. We've got to come in with a humble mind, and that's why many times there's no worship in church because there's, nobody's taking the lowest seat. And sometimes worship, you know what else it takes? It takes patience. Come on, I want the feeling now. That's what's wrong with all this crazy liberal Christianity. You, you can't manipulate worship. What did that woman do that came uh, to Jesus and sat at his feet? She just sat there. there. There was no songs. There were no angels flying about. She just sat there patiently, humbly before the Lord. And you know what happened before the story was over? There was worship and there was forgiveness and there was love in the room. Many times love takes, it takes patience. It always takes humility. You know what else it takes? It takes that more honorable man being there. It's about, worship is about that honorable man. It's not about you. It's not about me. That's what's wrong with all this, this worship services that people have. It's all about the songs I like to hear. It's all about the songs that I get emotional about or I get a feeling about. It's all about giving the congregation what, what they want. You, you know what real worship is? It's centered on the man. It's giving the man something. What's the story say? Don't call your friends. Don't call your family. Don't call your rich neighbors. Because this feast is not for them. Call people where you're giving instead of getting. Are you listening to me? You know what real worship of God is? Guys, it's not getting. It's not what we're getting out of the table or we're getting out of the feast or we're getting out of the wedding or we're getting out of the event. Real worship is about what I'm giving. And I get nothing back. I'm giving to God the praise. I'm giving to God my thanks. I'm giving to God my heart. I'm giving to God my tears. I'm giving to God my will. And then you'll have worship. There is no worship services when people are not giving more of themselves to God. There are no worship services when people are just interested in what they're getting out of it instead of what they're giving to the Lord. There's a higher place. There's a higher invitation. Though it's rejected, though people are interested, there's a higher man. There's a higher worship. The book says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I don't want to be led to myself. I want to be led to, one, to the one that's higher than me. You know what the great thing, all this is about invitation. You know, this is the amazing thing. The Lord God invites us to worship him. He's, he's, he's baiting us to come. He, he has bidden us. What an amazing thing that God would even want my worship. And he says, come, come. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're poor, blind, maimed, halt. I'm giving you an invitation. 
and you can come worship me, and you can come know my son, and you can have a relationship with me. What a high place of worship. I'll give you the last thing. Drop down to verse number 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper. We've already read that text. The Bible says that this blessing is going to come upon these people that are willingly coming to the supper, this blessing. He says, blessed, the guy says, man, it's going to be a blessing. You're talking about us feeding people our house. Man, it's going to be a great thing. Lord, when you come in your kingdom and you sit down at your table in your kingdom, man, we're all going to be blessed if we can come to that event. There's a higher blessing, guys. It's a, there's a, it's a blessing to be an American, but there's a higher blessing than that. It's a blessing to have a good life. I've got a good life, man. I was thinking about it. I lay in bed sometimes, you know, and sometimes the darkness will crowd my mind. But you get to laying there and you get to thinking about how you're blessed beyond measure and you don't deserve any of that. But there's a higher blessing than that. There's a higher blessing than just our lives. This guy says, oh, there's coming a blessing later. Look at verse 14. Thou shalt be blessed. You see this? Watch verse 14. Thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the what? At the what? Guys, why do we wrap our lives up in trying to get a blessing here when there's such a bigger blessing, there's such a higher blessing later? All of this, all of these stories talks about a wedding, a supper, a feast, a resurrection, a kingdom. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about what's going to happen later, guys. There's coming a wedding. There's coming a marriage supper. There's coming a great event on God's calendar when His Son, the Bible says, is going to gather His bride. And oh, what a wedding, marriage supper, what a feast we'll have with the Lord. His kingdom. And it won't just be spiritual in our heart. It'll be physical. That's going to be the greatest blessing. That's going to be the highest blessing of all. After I die. Oh, people trying to grab all their blessings. And the Lord says, you better be thinking about the resurrection. Are you going to be blessed when you get resurrected? Or are you going to have the resurrection of damnation? When you get resurrected, are you going to be at my table? Or are you going to be at the devil's table in hell forever? And then it won't matter if you were the rich man and you fared sumptuously every day. Then it won't matter how many heartaches or how many troubles you had or or, or where you lived or, or what you had. You'll forget all about that five minutes after you die. What about the higher blessing? 
Go up higher. Quit trying to grab all the blessings in life. Thank God for his blessings. But there are higher blessings. Can you imagine we who are saved? I believe the Bible is literal. I believe all, all of it is literal. Revelation 19 says he's going to have a marriage supper. And the Lord says in the Gospels that he's going to gird himself in service. wonder where you'll be sitting. You see? Are you after a seat down here? Or are you more interested in the seat up there? Will you even be there? Will you even be in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ? Have, have you received him as, as your personal savior? Do you have a place at the table? We sang this morning, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I'll be there. You're going to be there? If you're not there, it's not because you were not invited. It's because you made an excuse and you didn't come. You, you see the story? It's because you, you thought you deserved a higher place. and You're not going to load yourself and admit how wicked you are and how sinful you are and how much you're... No, no, you're not going to do that. And so when the master of the house comes, he says, you know what, you don't have this seat. I'm telling you what, in after this life, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to straighten out a lot of positions. And you people that are up here, y'all go to the lowest place which is not even earthly, it's hell. The lowest place is hell. You go to the lowest place. You got the highest place, you go to the lowest place. There's going to be a lot of God's servants that came to the Lord just as dirty sinners like we all are and responded to the invitation and said, Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come, and got to sit at the table, but maybe their portion in life seemed to be small and unnoticed and unimportant. And yet the higher blessing when they get on the other side, the Lord says, why don't you sit over here by me? Even his own disciples said, Lord, in your kingdom, can we sit on one either side of your throne? Now that's a big, that's a big request, but I tell you what, James and John are pretty much up there. I personally don't think I'm going to rival their heart for the Savior. Can you imagine the pride? I, I want to sit next to Jesus. <laughs> Go lower. <laughs> and James and John, they're raising the dead. They left their nets. They left all and followed Christ. They're his chosen apostles. And they said, Lord, can we sit next to you in your kingdom? He says, mm, don't know about that. You know why? story ain't written yet. There may be a more honorable man than you, James. I don't know who's sitting there. The Lord doesn't tell us who's sitting there. Why not? I tell you, he'll sit there for whom it's prepared. It, it will be for the one, maybe, that had the lowest seat. The Lord says, won't you sit right by me? Can you imagine being to sit by Jesus in his kingdom? I just want to be somewhere in the general hundred mile area. But I surely don't want to be on the back 40 on the bench somewhere. You say, that's just, that's just not true. I, I'm reading the Bible. He says, blessed. And he talks about the resurrection. He's talking about the kingdom. And he's talking about where they're sitting. I'm not talking about, if you're saved, we'll be there. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. 
but there's greater blessings to be had. Can you imagine being able to sit at the table with the Lord and know that you did your very best? Maybe you couldn't do what somebody else did, but you did your very best. And maybe you were patiently went through your life with your low place and your struggles. But you tried to honor God and you tried to please the Lord and you tried to stay humble before him and do his will. I'm telling you, the greater, the higher blessing is later. It's not now. And 99.9% of all humanity are looking for the blessing now. And this is the lower blessing, not the higher. Jesus said, go up higher. Go for a bigger blessing. Go up higher. Go Go for a closer relationship with me. Go up higher. There's something more than where you're at. But it's going to take humility. It's going to take patience. And it's going to take you recognizing who the highest man is. And you're going to have to be thankful for that invitation. And you're going to have to see where the greater blessing lies. It's ahead in the future. It's not right.